Hey guys, and welcome back to Grace of a Military Child and Life podcast. Life from the perspective of a military family member is way different than a civilian standpoint. Military children and family members give up their hopes and dreams to be able to stand by and support their service member, and it isn't an easy lifestyle for anyone to live. I hope that this podcast is able to help connect the military community and give others just a glimpse into what the military life is like from the perspective of spouses and children. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Grace of a Military Child and Life podcast. Today, I'm here with Adrian. Adrian, welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm doing well. It's good to be here. Yes, thank you. So tell me a little bit. You are a military spouse. Um, tell me what's that, what that is like, um, what branch your husband serves in and things like that. I So my husband serves in the Navy. He just, let's see, four days ago, crossed 18 years in the military. So we are nearing the end. Thankfully, it's been a long (laughs) one, but a very fruitful one. We have moved every tour. We have not been in the same place for two tours. My husband and I, we met in fifth grade. So we've known each other for a really long time. Wow. We have been married for 15 and a half years now. We have two kids, Owen, who's 10 and Lucy, who is almost nine. And it's been a journey, but it's been a good one and a hard one and all the ups and downs. And we are currently, I'm sitting in a hotel because we recently PCS'd <laughs> from Washington state to Jacksonville, Florida, and we don't have housing yet. So we've been here for about two months and I'm ready to be in my own space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Living in a hotel is not fun. No, it's, and we, thankfully we packed a U-Haul U-Box that came ahead of us. So I was, they said, you know, Navy, we're in the Navy Lodge and they're like, yeah, it's a fully equipped kitchen. And I'm like, what does that mean? (laughs) So we have a fridge and a freezer, which is really nice. It's pretty decent sized, a two burner stove and that's it. So (laughs) thankfully I packed my instant pot and my air fryer. I packed spices. So I didn't have to start all over. That's one of the hardest things for me is starting over with some of those things, like you don't realize the cost with them, but also eating out. So we've been able to eat in the room yes. the and, instant pot. and so we've made do. Yeah. Cause it will add up like, you know, buying those new appliances again, when you know, you already have them on the way yes. or, you know, eating out all the time, it makes it so much easier to know like, okay, we don't have to do that. You know? Yes. yes I always pack um, like a saucepan, a frying pan, a spatula, you know, some silverware, just in case, like you never know. We, yeah. because we knew that housing was going to be an issue. We packed thinking with the mindset of, we might not have our stuff for six months. What would we need in the event that that's how long we don't have a place to live or we're right. you know in a hotel or an Airbnb or whatever it might be. Yeah. So So definitely one of the challenges of, you know, military spouse life, Um, like on the flip side of that, what has been some, some highlights of being a military spouse and some, some like incredible moments that you've experienced? Uh, Let's see. As I think for me, the first thing that comes to mind is friendship and community. There is just something that I don't think you could ever explain to a civilian person what the community feels like in the military, because we often are in places where we're not close to family. And 
So it's making those instant friendships. And so I like to tell people like I have friends across the States, but even like across the world, like I've had mm-hmm. friends in Bahrain before, or I have a friend who's in um, Sicily right now. And it's, you always know that there's most likely a, you're going to find somebody that you've met before as you do this journey. It's a big Navy, but it's also a small one and you run yeah. into people again. And a lot of those friendships that I've made, we've continued across the miles and I think, I think sometimes that those friendships mean more because you have to put more effort into staying connected because you're not going to run into them at the commissary or out in town. And, um, so that's been, I think one of the highlights for me is just the community, but then as a family, this last trip, we got to drive from Washington state to Florida, which was quite the trip, but we stopped in Yellowstone before it was at the beginning of May. So before <laughs> Yellowstone closed and had all the floods and we got to watch a uh, baby bison being born. Oh my god! And then we stayed until she licked the baby clean and the baby stood up and the baby nurse and the baby walked. And it was just, that was an incredible experience Yeah, from our trip across. So yeah, there's yeah. so many like little things that, you know, you don't realize that, you know, you'll see along the way and those just little magical moments that, you know, come out of nowhere. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And definitely like, you know, having a sense of community, like you don't realize how lonely that the military life can get, you know, not having that community around you and that support system of people who actually understand what you're going through and what you've been through. Yes. I think, yeah, that's the key is having somebody who understands because like my parents are super supportive, but they'll never understand exactly what it's like to be standing in my shoes. Right. Having my daughter while my husband is gone or putting my dog down while my husband is gone or, you know, some of those things that you just have to navigate alone that are so hard. And the last two years where we had, you know, we're isolated because of COVID just made the isolation feel that much harder. I felt like at our last duty station, even though it was home because we grew up in Washington I still felt so alone because I never got the opportunity to really get into the community because we were, everybody was so shut off and things were closed and you didn't have the normal activities and all of those things. Yeah. You, if you can't like be able to get out and explore, like, you know, that's one of the things that's so special about the military life and moving all around, you know, you get to explore the world. Yes. Um, Even if it's just like, you never leave the States, you get to explore So many different incredible places. And, you know, if you're locked in, like, you know, we were all during COVID, um, you know, you don't get that opportunity. You don't get to explore and see new places. And that's one of the most um, important parts, in my opinion, of military life, too, um, of the child and, you know, the spouse of being able to get out and keep yourself busy exploring and finding new places. Yes. And having events to go to. So it's almost like those are like the instant friends, you know, where you join a mom's group or you join a Bible study or a play group or whatever it might be, a homeschool group. Um, getting when you can't do those things, it makes it really hard. Yeah. No, you just mentioned homeschooling and you homeschool. 
What is that like, you know, navigating between the moves and homeschooling and all of the other things that encompass military life? What is that like? I think it's actually the best thing. (laughs) Well, I'm a teacher (laughs) by trade. I haven't taught since I had my oldest. Um, I did some tutoring, but we, I've just been at home with my kids and because in the military, there's so much unexpected. Like my husband deployed twice in the last tour when he wasn't, it wasn't originally his turn. And they're like, Oh, this guy can't go. So now we need you to go in like three days. Mm -hmm. And so to me, there's the flexibility in homeschooling that allows us to take a break when we need to, to spend time with him before he goes, or when he gets back, take time off. Or like in this move, we moved in the beginning of May and we just pushed to finish our school year at the end of April. So when we left, we were done with school. I don't ever have to worry about living in a place, making sure that the schools are the best because school is right at home. So that's just another, I feel like that is another added stress. Finding housing is one, but then finding good schools is another. And I'm thankful that I don't have to worry (laughs) about that piece. So, yeah, because there are so many bases that don't even have schools on them. Yes. And so you have to go to a school off base and, you know, it's a, it's a challenge to go, you know, be living on base and then having to move, like to take your child to a public school every day when most bases do have schools on base that you could just take, you know, take your kids to the bus stop too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think we, so we've only in our 18 years, we have been, this was our third base. We hopped between Whidbey Island and NAS Lamore and Lamore had schools on base, but they were still part of, they weren't DOD schools. They were still part of the public school system. They just happened to be on base. Mm -hmm. So if you lived on base, it was great, right? Because you just can send your kids out the door to walk to school. Right. School is right there. Um, But yeah. Yeah. And not every base is like that. So it's, it can present a challenge of, well, what do you do? Yeah. And And not everyone, yeah, not everyone can drive and Mm -hmm. yeah, housing and housing has been really hard. I, I don't know how it is at all bases, but I know in Whidbey, there's a wait to get into housing here. We were told 12 to 36 months to wow. get into housing and my husband's going to retire. So by the time our name popped on the list, we could be like, out, you know, out the door. Yeah. So like, what do you do in the meantime? Do you rent, which rent is high. Mm-hmm. Our UBAH isn't covering. I know it's not supposed to cover a hundred percent. I think it's supposed to cover 95%, but it's not even, if that's not in my yeah. opinion, not coming close to that either. Yeah. And, you know, that's a lot of, you know, a struggle that the military, you know, families are facing nowadays because, you know, housing and cost of living and everything is going up, but like you can't afford anything with, with what is being provided now. Yes. Even just like walking around the commissaries and stuff. I'm like, oh, prices are going up. (laughs) Yes. Or things aren't on the shelves or. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really crazy, you know, seeing the way the world is changing and and the way the economy is shifting and everything and you know, hearing how much, you know, military families and I mean families in general too are suffering from you know, the way that the world is changing. Mhm. Yeah, it's hard to keep up for sure. 
Yeah. And it does not make it easier living in a hotel room. <laughs> no. And like, thankfully the Navy Lodge is cheaper than, you know, a hotel out in town, yes. but it still costs us more than BAH each month. And like you get the scratcher, you know, for when you PCS for to stay yeah. at the lodge, but it's only good. You, they'll only let you scratch. They told my husband 10 days, but on the back of the scratcher, it says 20 days. I'm like, I will fight for those 20 days. Of I will say that's funny. Yeah. So, if, so it, even if like we're here for 60 days, they'll only honor that scratcher for 10 to 20. Yeah. And we and only get 10 days of um, TLA yeah. that they'll pay for. So, And so, and there's nothing you can do about it either. No. You have to kind of just go with it. Mm-hmm. And thanks, like, thankfully, we've been in long enough and we're not living necessarily paycheck to paycheck, but I can't imagine the junior sailors who are, you know, living paycheck to paycheck. I don't know how you don't go into major debt trying to just, you know, the Navy is like, here you go. You have to move. We don't have housing for you. It's going to cost more, but good luck. I hope yeah. it goes well. You know, just throwing you out there in the, in the world and saying good luck. Yeah. It feels like that a lot. Well, sorry, we can't help you. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, my dad was army, but you know, it it's similar across all branches. Like, you know, you have to kind of be self-sufficient and figure stuff out on your own. Yes. Ask um, around Facebook groups. They're so helpful. Yeah. There can be a lot of drama, but at the same time, there's a lot of people who have gone before and have tips and advice that those places are really useful. Yeah. You know, looking, you know, when I started this podcast, I started it focused mainly towards children of, you know, sharing the stories of children and everything and now focusing it uh, more equally towards children and spouses since I will be a spouse one day too. Um, You know, I'm seeing that, you know, because I've heard from my mom, like, you know, all the drama that can be, you know, shared and everything between spouses. But you know, I'm seeing a lot of the good too in these, you know, Instagram pages and I haven't really explored Facebook yet, but you know, you can see so many good things that are still, you know, coming out of this if you really look for it and you really search for it. Yes. I always try to tell people that no matter the situation, if you look for the joy, like the joyful things, the pieces of gratitude, and you hold on to those things, it'll make it a lot better than just sitting and focusing on the misery. That kind of is, you know, this downwards, downward spiral that this sucks. Life is miserable. I can't stand. I don't want to be here. And every tour, in my opinion, is what you make it. So if you're going to sit in your house and just complain that it's miserable, it will be miserable. But if you get out and you try to explore and see things that you might not have ever seen, it'll be a lot better. Yeah. You have to make what um, you want of it. If you want it to be incredible, then it'll be incredible. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So you have your own Instagram page as well. I um, do. So tell me a little bit about that, how you know it started and what your idea behind it was. It was, you know, Facebook was a thing first. Well, MySpace, because I got <laughs> MySpace first then Facebook and then Instagram. And I really pushed back on Instagram for a while. Cause I just, I don't know. I something new that I had to try to figure out. 
Yeah. But I just started it as, uh, as just as a personal page and, you know, posting about my life and the things that are in it. Um, I did write a book. So then there was that thrown in there too. I haven't been on social media much just because I felt like it became a little bit depressing being on social media. So I kind yep. of stepped away for a while and, but I'm, I'm still there, just not all the time. <laughs> no. And social media is so hard to, you know, navigate and, you know, you get those, those pieces of it that are depressing and you're like, okay, I don't want to be involved in this. Um, but you know, there are good parts of it and, you know, being yes. on there every once in a while isn't terrible or anything, you know, <laughs> it's helpful to not only your, you know, others, but it's helpful to yourself too. Sometimes. Yes, there's definitely the good. So I've learned one, I have to set a timer on my phone. (laughs) I only give myself an hour each day to spend on social media. And then it's like your time is, it gives you like a five minute warning. Your time is almost up. Um, But then I also am very mindful and intentional about who I'm following and the content that I'm taking in. Yeah. And I try not to scroll. It's more of looking at those people that I wanted to look at or message those people that I wanted to message and then get off because yeah. other at, at the moment it just feels the rest of it's really hard to try to not get sucked into the negativity of what's there. Yeah, and like, you know, there's a lot of hard things that, you know, as a military community we face too. And, you know, depending on pages that you follow, it can be really depressing and, you know, having a loved one gone, you know, you're scrolling through and you're seeing all these people who are, you know, celebrating their loved one coming back. And then you're like, okay, well, you know, this is hard to see. And so, you know, simple things like that, where it's like, you want to congratulate others, but, you know, it's still depressing to yourself too, to an extent. Yeah. Holidays are the worst, I think because you see everybody with their family. And when you're by yourself, it's just like pouring salt into the wound, you know, watching them all be together to celebrate. And here you are, your spouse is on the other side of the world. And you're lucky if you got to even talk to them that day, whether it be email, thankfully, you know, FaceTime if they're on land or a text. So, yeah, so it's definitely hard and definitely a challenge to, you know, navigate all of that. Um, But you mentioned your book. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about that and and what made you write a book. So the book is called Navigating Military Life with Intention and Grace. And I'm not, I did not go to school to write. Like, <laughs> I went to school to be a teacher, but I had shared so much on my social media just about military life. And I realized when I was, when we were young, when we were new, I remember just crying over deployments and how are we going to do this military life? And I had somebody who had, who is now where I am, which is crazy to think now, but who spoke to me, who had a phone conversation with me and talked to me and encouraged me. And I realized how important that was to those who are just coming in that mentors or people who encourage you in this life is super important because it is really hard. And I think sometimes people outside the military feel like all we do is complain because it's hard. And I had somebody tell me one time, like, how do you think your spouse feels that you complain about how much you, how hard, or even said like how much you hate military life, which I don't hate it, but maybe it came across that way. And I just, I said, one, I'm allowed 
to struggle because it's hard. It is hard. And two, like, I just want to spread awareness of what life is really like, because I think so much of the media outside the military, you know, oh, it's a homecoming and it's this beautiful moment, which they are beautiful moments, but that is such a small piece of the life that we live. And it doesn't show the six to nine to 12 months that we were apart and the challenges that we walked through in that. So it's an encouragement to spouses who are in it to let them know you're not alone. You know, I think sometimes, like you said, the isolation and just feeling so alone in our situation, but you're not, everybody's struggle might be different, but we all are in, we could all be in a storm to, you know, together, but all in different boats. Yeah. And then also just to make aware to civilians, this is what military life is really like. Like, yes, that there is good, but there is also hard and just trying to encourage people that in the hard there's it's temporary. Everything is temporary and good will come. And you just trying to make the most of those hard situations and find the blessings in them to keep you going to get to the reward on the other side. Yeah. And I think that's so special and so important of, you know, sharing, you know, from the perspective of a military spouse, you know, someone who's actually living in it, not, you know, a civilian on the outside looking in, you know, what it's actually like, you know, giving people, you know, space to step into your shoes and be like, okay, this is what, you know, another military spouse is actually feeling and how it, how it is. Yes. Yes. So the last question I always like to ask is what advice would you give to another military spouse? Oh, that's such a good one. I feel like (laughs) so broad, but I think if I could pick one, I would say, put yourself out there, even though it's hard because we are meant to do life together and military spouses are very willing to do life together because I think, you know, the the more you're in it, you realize how much you rely on those people, whether it's to watch your kids so that you can just have a moment by yourself to go, well, you go get groceries or an emergency happens and your spouse is deployed and you need somebody to help you, or you just need somebody to encourage you or to listen to you and say, you know, yes, what you're feeling is okay. And so I would say, put yourself out there, even though it's hard. Yeah, it's definitely important. Well, thank you so much for being on. Best of luck to you and your book and your your social media pages. Where can everyone find you on social media? So Instagram is probably the best place. And I think, I, I think my handle is Intentional <laughs> Wife. I think, oh man, I don't even know. I should probably just have it as my name, but yes, The Intentional okay. Wife is where I am on Instagram. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Grace of a Military Child and Life. Make sure to set a reminder for every Tuesday to listen to a new episode. You can find us on Instagram and YouTube at Grace of a Military Child and Life. If you have any questions or want to be on the podcast, send a message to one of our social media platforms or email grace.of.a.military.child at gmail.com. See you next week.